Welcome to Soul Lives, where the spiritual and the soul crosses paths. Stay tuned to learn ways to grow your spiritual understanding in order to realize your soul beliefs. This podcast will help you learn the truth and propel you towards freedom in Christ Jesus. This is Jenny Fouts, licensed counselor in Louisiana at Christian Center Shreveport. Hello everyone, good day. I hope that you guys are really feeling the force and really being able to understand about how to grow and how to stand up into the things of God and realizing the power of your prayers and and the abundance that he has for you and standing on that wall for your family. I hope that this has encouraged you to begin to take up that place when you see your children struggling, stand in that gap and begin to pray the word into their life. And sometimes, you know, for me, it's hard to come up with the words. You know, sometimes praying in the spirit is, is what I can come up with. In praying for all of our children who have gone through and are going through many things. Maybe you see your child in a relationship that you don't approve of. Maybe you see your child doing something that you don't think is right or as good as holy. But you can still bless them and not endorse what they are doing. It's, it's difficult because you have boundaries. Just like God has put boundaries on himself to not make us little robots. And to do his bidding comes out of the heart, out of our desire to know him and to please him, which is what we all want for our kids, right? Even if you have kids that love the Lord and serve the Lord, they're going to church, pray for them. Because you know what it was like when you were younger, trying to raise those kids, raise those babies, and get, you know, all the financial things straightened out. How do you make it in this world? I tell you, I'm so glad I'm not raising kids right now because what the world gives to them, you know, you used to could kind of protect your kids from the world. Now the world has ways to get into your children, and, and you don't even know all the ways. And you're trying to protect them and, and guard them, and it's so hard. So, you know, if you're a grandparent, you, you really have to pray and war over those grandchildren because the world is coming after them. You know, Satan doesn't care and doesn't play fair when it comes to kids. He will set up traps for kids to walk into, and it's, it's the right and the privilege of a parent to stand on that wall and say, no, no, you're not coming after my kids. Sometimes you have kids that choose the wrong thing. All of us know and have friends that have kids that are not walking in the ways of the Lord, that have kind of lost sight. Maybe you grew them up, and they know. They know the Lord but yet they're not walking with the Lord. We all have that. And it's time for us as grandparents and as parents to be okay with our kids not doing things. That the way that we taught them or the way that we we brought them up, you know, it's not all our fault for all the struggles that our kids are going through. They've made their own choices at times. They've listened to the enemy that has gotten in there. They've decided their own path, right? David, 
knew the Lord. David was exactly what God said, a man after my own heart. A man after my own heart. David was. He sang praises. He loved the Lord. And in the midst of his greatest struggle, his sin with Bathsheba and, you know, that whole mess of killing her husband and all that, when God had to send Nathan in to correct him, David fell on his face. The consequences of his sin played forth. And that happened. But God didn't reject him and said, you bad boy, you walked away from me, you bad, bad, bad. That's not what he did. God received him. And he didn't even have the blood of Jesus to cover him. But God received back unto him David's love and David's devotion. David lost his way. All of us have kids that are like David at some points and sometimes. So it's it's not always your fault. And as a parent, we have to come out from some of that guilt and some of that shame that we might have. Because my husband and I, we both looked at each other like, um, we did not teach them that. And I know that I know I did not teach them that behavior. <laughs> so coming forth and coming out of that realm is, is, is one of the most freeing places that you can be in order to pray. Because praying prayers out of guilt does not get you any place. Okay, so you did some things wrong. Maybe you didn't find Jesus until your kids were teenagers. Whatever it is, you praying guilty prayers is what I, you know, I tell parents. You, if you get divorced, a lot of parents will parent out of guilt. And you're like, you got to stop that. That is not helpful to your kids. Praying guilty prayers is not helpful. So get yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ because you know what? He found you. He found you, he called you, you heard his voice, you chose his voice out of the midst of whatever darkness you were in. He found you. And you know what? He's big enough to do exceedingly and abundantly of finding your kids, of helping your kids to see him. Some of us may have broken relationships with our kids. And sometimes that has to happen for a little while. Sometimes I've known parents and grandparents to be very enabling. You know, those grandkids can just wrap your heart around them. And and as grandparents, you can be very enabling. And you can't be that. Sometimes there's a broken relationship for whatever reason. But the Lord will hear your prayers. If he can find David, he can find your child out of the darkest alley Behind the trash can, covered with dirt and gum, he can find him or her. He can find them. So take heart, take faith, and that no matter what your child or your grandchild is going through, you, you can pray. And if you're lucky enough to be old enough that you've got great-grandchildren, You've got a line, a bloodline of destiny to speak forth the holiness of God. Somebody in my husband's family did a whole genealogy one time. It went all the way back to Ronald Reinebald or whatever his name was that came over from Germany to 
American. It went through the whole life of all these people and where they came from and what happened. And one of the things that they put down in this book, and I, at my father-in-law's funeral, I was just really into reading this. I don't know why, but I, one of the things that was so encouraging, every single part of that generation that came through had faith. Had faith. In the beginning, they were like into Baptists. And I didn't know what that was. I had to go figure out what that was. I had to go look that up. And then some of them were Baptists for the most part. There were a few Lutherans and some others in there. But every generation had faith. I was amazed at the hundreds of years of coming through the Civil War, coming through all of these struggles and all these times. They all had faith. The generational bloodline of faith went through everybody. Did that mean everybody was holy and pure and perfect? No. But it means that you can stand in that in that bloodline that you've now created with Christ and call your blood to come forth because the blood speaks, right? We know that because that's what the word says. Call it forth to stand up in the sight of who Christ is in that place of who Jesus Christ is. To stand in that blood. To stand in that blood of forgiveness that he's given. And pray for restoration. If that's what God gives to you, pray for the restoration. Because he is more than abundant to create that restoration. But you have to get the bitterness out of your heart, the judgment out of your heart. You have to walk in that place of love, ushy-gushy love that has grace and mercy without having to condone the behavior without that, but to begin to pray and pray. One of my daughters, um, my youngest, was once engaged to this man that I struggled with, but mm, I did not appreciate him. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And Jesus just kept telling me, leave it alone, leave it alone. And Oh my gosh, I was wiggly and I did not want to leave it alone. There were, you know, being a counselor, you know, there were red flags. And I would try to say something to my husband and Jesus kept telling me, leave it alone. And just as they got engaged, this man was flying someplace and he died in a small airplane crash. And I was able to be there for her because it was very traumatic for her. I was able to walk through all of that and through the changes of her life without having to have been the one that's been, you know, against this man because I didn't come out against him. I prayed and prayed and prayed. I did not know that this was going to happen. This is not what I wanted to happen, but Jesus kept telling me to leave it alone. And this man was a great man of God, but he, he wasn't for my daughter, and I knew that. It went against everything in my body to keep my mouth shut. But she went on and she married a man that way suits her better. Did they have struggles? Yes. But he suits her and she suits him. And they are going to make a very strong, mighty couple walking into their presence and in the place of the destiny that God has for them. And so we, we prayed that young man into her life and you know we are the guardians of 
our children and children's covenant relationship before God. Now, there are times when that covenant has to be broken. And you have to begin to pray through that. But you have to have the boundaries to be able to say, I will support you. But they got to do everything they can to try to make that covenant work. Now, there's violence and there's you know dangerous behaviors of other sorts. Sometimes you can't do that. There has to be separation. But our heart shouldn't be just separate, separate, separate. Our heart needs to be for that covenant relationship. And as a parent and as a grandparent, you got to pray. Even if you dislike that person, you got to pray even more because of that struggle. Even more for Christ to enter into that situation. Because if, if we let Christ into our hearts, things are going to change. That's just the way it is. Things are going to change. Jesus changes every heart. Your heart's been changed. So why wouldn't somebody else's heart be changed? Jesus changes every heart. I hope today that you can see and be thankful for the mercies of God that has changed your heart. That if he has changed your heart, he can reach that heart of David that's in there. He can reach every heart. So pray in faith today and be thankful and remember the changes that has gone before you. Some of them may be great, some of them may be minor, but they're all changes into who he is. And your child will reach that too. Thank you for listening. And may each of you experience his grace and his mercy and his acceptance of who you are today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Soul Lies is meant for information only. It is not a substitute for counseling.